This is Maurice Jones-Drew, and you're listening to the What's Brewing Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for West Coast Bias. The show brought to you all the way from the best coast. It's the West Coast Bias, that is. Aw, yeah. Hello, welcome to West Coast Bias. I'm your host, Jake Marifolo. I'm joined by my good friend, Jamal Artis, at Chaz Hope at 1015. Jamal, how are you doing today? USA, USA. USA. Do we win? Do we lose? What we, happened? We won. The, we did. Yeah, the United States men's team is moving on to the round of 16, knockout round, where they're going to get knocked up knockout. by uh, Netherlands on Saturday. That's fun. <laughs> so how did they, who advanced from their pool of death? It was them and England, which was kind of, sort of expected, but of course, you know, the results popping up, it, you know, there was some worry. USA had to win. They had only scored one goal the whole time, and they scored a goal today, and ended up winning. Beat the dang Iranians. Beat the dang Iranians. Yeah. <laughs> the Iranians. You say eighties. I say. You know, I say eighties. You say two thousand twenty-two. Right. right. So. Anyhow. Anyway. So. All right. Well, America. Go America. USA. <laughs> Wonderful. This is West Coast bias. All things West Coast sports. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Mix that up. On the What's Bruin Show Network. This is me and Jamal here. We're going to be doing West Coast bias. I'm going to be doing. What's Bruin Show? Let's do the B team too. Might as well do the B team. <laughs> we got a Cal guy here. Might as well do the bare minimum as well. Exactly. So uh, yeah, thank you for supporting the show. Uh, you can call the hotline eight zero five three nine nine four WBS. Suck it, Raina Troy. You guys, bastards. Man, they're riding so high. I hate those guys. <laughs> uh, or email the show. Uh, I think wb west coast bias at gmail dot com. Might be wb dot west coast bias gmail dot com. Actually, I don't know if the front part of emails even accept dots. Like I don't, I think they do. I feel like they do, but maybe they don't. Should. Anyways, I probably should know our email, but I don't. But we haven't gotten emails anyway, so yeah. who knows? Uh, but um, yeah, a lot of great shows on one great feed, and this is one of them. West Coast bias, and uh, Jamal. Yes, we already talked about soccer. That's yes. that's about all the soccer I have the stomach to talk about. <laughs> but uh, there's other things going on, including the Lakers almost winning a game that they led by 17 in the fourth quarter. It was like, you know, Sacktown victories all over again, only in reverse. Balls careening outside out to the out to the edge and landing in some schmucks' hands and buries a three to win the game. And what was that all about? Turning the Lakers into schmucks. Yeah, uh, I was. You know, they swept. We mentioned last week their schedule was starting to look favorable. We mentioned the whole San Antonio series where they played three of their four games against San Antonio. They swept those games. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought they they could at least lose one. And then here we go. They're riding high against the Pacers. It's sort of a back-and-forth game. They're up by 10. They're up by this. The push them to the 17-point lead in the fourth quarter was this awesome, like, uh, um, Westbrook getting in the heart of the of the Pacers' defense and feeding it to uh, Bryant, Thomas Bryant, dunking the ball and everybody losing it. Everybody's happy. The Pacers having to call a timeout. And then they just got boat raced 32-14 to 14 the rest of the game. Um, they really went away from Anthony Davis there. It seemed like they were doing what they do when they get lazy, throwing up a bunch of threes on offense, kind of being, kind of being stagnant. And then it bit them in the ass and they still had a chance to win there. They're up by two points with, yeah, was it 20 seconds? Um, maybe less. And, um, and the Pacers just throwing up bricks and the Lakers couldn't get the defensive rebound when they really needed it. He had four guys worried about a layup. 
instead of protecting the three-point line, and that's how, uh, I forget the kid's name, but that's how he ended up open for the Pacers and hitting a gut-wrenching uh, three-pointer there at the end. And um, it just kind of uh, sort of a microcosm of these last two years for the Lakers where they seem to uh, snatch victory from the or snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. No, so. defeat from the jaws of victory. That's what I said. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... And to do it with the Pacers, I mean, those are that's that's the team they've been linked to this whole time in terms of trades, right? Yeah, it makes it pretty wacky. Miles Turner and uh, and um, Buddy, Hield. Buddy Heald, and neither of them looked that great. Although Turner did hit a, a big three there at the end to get the Pacers into the game, um, and so it's just um, yeah, it's just something you can't do to go from what are they now seven and twelve instead of eight of eleven. But remember, they started. Two of ten, so that would have meant six and one over the last uh, seven games for them. Um, looking better and better as a cohesive unit um, with LeBron in and out, with Anthony Davis sitting out a game against the Spurs. Um, yeah, I would have preferred that than what we got to see. So it's just when you have that big of a hole, the two and ten hole, you can't be blowing games where you're up by seventeen. Yeah, you know, of course, start the season out losing five and then winning two and then losing five again. Right, that's pretty rough. Um, but the one thing they did accomplish in this last little mini streak, uh, five of six and now five of seven, I guess, um, is they did make it out of the cellar. You know, they're they're no longer bottom two in the conference. Now they're bottom three. Yeah. So look at that. That's, that's exciting. Um, it's still hard for me to fathom that they're worse than the OKC Thunder. That's, that's really tough. Yeah. But, okay. It's also weird to imagine that they're, that, you know, I don't know, some, some of these teams... What the hell's going on? It's, it's well, a weird, you, it's a weird like resetting of yeah, the NBA a little bit. Utah started off great, and now they've come back to the pack. Uh, mm-hmm. The Warriors are the defending champions, and they've looked bad. I mean, they needed uh, who did they beat? I think they beat the Rockets, and they needed uh, two forty-point games from Curry or and um, Clay Thompson in the same game, something like that. Where it's like it's kind of weird, you know. The Suns are up there. Who's the other team that's up there? Uh, Memphis, but Memphis uh, jaw got hurt, but then you know he's come back. I think there's just a little. The West is really hard. It looks like, but there's a lot of weirdness going on. You know, Denver. I mean, we made Denver look bad one game, and and uh, they're certainly better than the Lakers. They're I think they're in the third spot still, despite that. So you know, it's it's up and down. That's why you know it's these these games that they have in hand. They should just they should take them and. Uh, get as much out of out of it because it's going to get harder and harder to uh build up those leads they've shown these last couple of years when uh when they lose momentum um as a team it really goes down uh, it really goes south really fast no it really does and um now they're looking at well, what does the schedule look like? they got the blazers next and then um they got some tough games M- milwaukee and washington cleveland toronto philly Detroit, Boston, like yeah. that's that's what's next. I mean, that's a gauntlet. That's that's probably what Detroit and well, uh, Detroit and maybe the Trailblazers are the only ones that I'd say, yeah, they should win those games. You got to pray for four and four. Right. I mean, pray, and that's probably not happening. So it's like things could get worse before they get better. Right. And then once again, it's just like, oh man. And then there's a lot of ats on here too. Yeah. Like that's a that's a what one two three four five six game trip that goes all the way through December 11th after Portland. And, um, and that's bad because they've they just got their first road win 
in this uh, this mini uh, when when they've gone five and two. So sad. They got their first road win. So yeah, it's not good. Um, you know, obviously winning back to back in San Antonio helped that, but it's not good when you. You're First getting... two road wins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, it's so serious. Yeah. So, <sighs> but on the brighter side, you know, well, I guess I don't know. LeBron sort of hurt, sort of not hurt. Yeah. But him and eighty's been playing good still. I mean, so that's got the that problem. Going. They they combined for seventy points yesterday. The 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 trio Westbrook, um, Anthony Davis. What's well, absolutely a game they should have won. They were playing right. well enough to win going away, yeah, and then they all weren't. three of them. It wasn't like two guys. And all of a sudden, pulling, they weren't. Yeah. All all you know, Westbrook got hammered in San Antonio, and the team sort of looked galvanized, ready to fight. Uh, Pat Beverly pushing people around because yeah. they're trying to get on uh, uh, on um, our our good friend. Um, what's his name? Uh, I want to say Travis Ware, but that's not his name. <laughs> so he reminds me of. But anyway, you know, it's just stuff like that where it seems like the team is co- coalescing. Um, there's some cohesion. And then, yeah, the last night's loss is just no fun. So over under, or do you think what's the likelihood do you think that they will actually make a trade at this point? Well, it's if it's if Indiana's your partner, it's getting harder and harder because Indiana's twelve right. and seven. That's the thing. It's like why why are they going to go tanking when they seems like they have something decent going? And Miles Turner looks great. Why would you trade somebody who's aver- who's like twenty and nine, uh, hitting from three points and uh, uh, and um, you know over fifty percent uh, in field goal range? Um, it would look stupid to trade somebody like that. Halliburton's having some sort of goat season. Yeah, and they got this kid, uh, Matherin, their first yeah. round draft pick. He's looking good. I mean, he's better than LeBron, apparently. Yeah, at least that's what he says. That's what he says. Yeah. Um, you know, LeBron didn't do enough to shove it back in his face yesterday. Um, yeah, why would you? I mean, other than financial reasons, which no fan wants to hear. I mean, if you're making this kind of trade right now. Um, I'd be pissed if I was a Pacer fan. Yeah, I'd be mad if I was a Pacer fan. At least, at least let it go to the trade deadline. But at that point, uh, are the Lakers even in contention? And I'm talking from the Pacer side. If you really, Mm -hmm. if you really want to see where this team is at, then yeah, you let it go to the trade deadline. Um, Unless it goes south real fast, which I don't see it happening because the Pacers look, Pacers look decent. Um, But from the Lakers standpoint. As the further along that you get where you're not bringing in these pieces, which I still say don't make them contenders, makes them a very good team. Um, then I'll take very good at this point. Yeah, exactly. Then uh, then it's it's harder and harder for that to for me to see the trade going through. I mean, there are still going to be teams who want who probably take on the Kendrick Nunn, the Pat Beverly, um, certainly the Russell Westbrook contract because they're all expiring. Um, but to get a package where the whether the Lakers um, actually round out into a decent team, trading some of those pieces, uh, it's going to get harder and harder um, if they can't get going. And frankly, if they do get going, I don't I don't even know what to say about that because if for some miracle this team just like this is the end of these kind of weird doldrums, this blown thing, and they kind of come out and turn into some juggernaut. I mean, do you make the trade still then? Because now you've gotten this team to gel, um, and if they're playing well, can you pull the trigger? So who knows? It, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All I know is I can't go to a lot of these games, <laughs> but I can't sell any these tickets either. So it's very, very depressing. Maybe it's my uh, little bubble, my little Twitter bubble. It always seems like everybody's at the game. <laughs> it really sucks. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, I know what the hell the problem is. Yeah. All right, well, uh, turning to the Dodgers and Major League Baseball, 
and the hot stove yes. and all that stuff. What is the hot stove like? Where did that expression come from? Do you have any idea? Um, I ha- I have a feeling that it it just comes from the um some expression of when things get going in terms of trades and deals and free agency, things get hot real fast. And you know when you turn on the stove, that's what can happen. That's my guess. All right. I can't give you anything concrete on that one. Uh. In the early days of baseball, hot stove season referred to an actual baseball season. Hot stove leaguers in which MLB players would stay in shape by playing baseball in their hometowns while staying warm with actual hot stoves. This seems apocryphal to me, but it's on MLB.com. Oh, there you go. The term soon expanded to become a kind of uh, predecessor to the water cooler. On a cold day, fans would gather around the hot stove to discuss their favorite team. So I guess that's what it is. It's, It's hot stove talk. We're all talking around the hot stove. Right, because it's too cold to stand around the water cooler. Before indoor heating machines, they, everybody just stood by the stove and talked. Interesting. Okay. I always thought it had something to do with the baseball trades being made. Right, exactly. But it has to do with us idiots talking about the baseball, baseball trades that may or may not be made. When it's cold, we're around the hot stove, and then when it's warm, we're around the, cool, water, the water cooler. cooler. Okay. The, more, the more you know. She was. <laughs> All right, so who the Dodgers going to get or not get? Because well, I'm looking at this ESPN page where it's like, oh, predictions for all this stuff, and like they got nothing for us. Right. Well, the funny thing is today, either today or yesterday, the story was – well, I mean the story was today, but either today or yesterday, there was a concrete meeting where Justin Verlander, who won the Cy Young in the American League, uh, he of the world champion Houston Astros, um, met with the Dodgers in discussing coming over as a free agent. Um, and of course, there's a lot of angst again in the Twitterverse because of his association with the Astros, him being on that 2017 team, um, but also the fact that he's coming off this great Cy Young year, um, but he's also in, entering his year 40. I think he's going to be 39 and 10, turn 40 yeah. um, during the season. And what that means in terms of bringing him on as a free agent, whether he's asking for a long-term contract, his last long-term contract, kind of the way Scherzer got his deal with the Mets last year. Or whether he's um, looking for a, a big one-year deal, and how that fits for the Dodgers. I'm I'm at the moment, you know. We said you win a championship, you get five years. Well, I'm at the point with the Dodgers where I'm like, okay, um, it's going to be year three next year, and they haven't even gotten back to the World Series. Do whatever you can and whatever it takes. I mean, it'd be stupid to me to say I don't want Justin Verlander on my team especially since he just had like one of the best seasons ever for a 39 38 going into 39 year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, one of the best seasons for a pitcher in quite a while. Um and if that if if you don't want that on your team, I'd have to question your head, but of course it comes with all sorts of baggage, the 2017 stuff and things like that. Um so it really just comes down to whether they're talking long term or short term. I don't care, do whatever. Sell the farm um, you don't even have to sell the farm. That's the thing. You don't have to sell the farm. He's a free agent. Um, I don't care. It's not my money. If he wants to play for the Dodgers, he's willing to meet with the Dodgers. I say do it. So um, we'll see how that goes. There's also people questioning whether you want to do that for your staff. And I say, yeah, because we don't, we're not getting Walker Bueller back. We don't know how Dustin May is going to look coming off of uh, now going into a full year of playing after having Tommy John surgery. We don't know Kershaw. I mean, there's still no um, concrete signing that's been discussed even though um, people have said he's coming back for a year another one-year contract but he's older and he gets hurt we don't know about that we don't know how these young guys are going to be and we don't know if Urias is going to be able to handle a third year where he's uh, got 30 starts because it's the most he's ever pitched Um, so yeah give me a veteran who knows how to pitch who's not afraid of the spotlight 
Um, and you need a right-hander, and the Dodgers don't have a lot of those, or at least none that are um, healthy or, you know, when considering Dustin May. Um, do it. I'm all for it. Do it, whoever. I don't what care. What would be the main – will be the – the better signing him or DeGrom well, or De- either or both or DeGrom is the better signing yeah. one because even if he wants a long-term contract it looks like it's what you would consider a friendlier contract um because he's not looking for seven years or eight years even though he's he's pretty much entitled to it because he's a young relatively young um uh compared to uh, how old is he Verlander I think he's 30 I think he's the same age as Kershaw hmm. uh, but his career is less because he he came up later he, he came up later um as a player as a full-time major league player so i think he's already like 32 he'll be 33 um but he's not looking for a big 7 8 year contract but the caveat is oh he's 34 oh he's 34 yes yeah, so he's he, and i think Kershaw's the same age um but the caveat being he's the one compared to Verlander who's been hurt the most these last couple of years Verlander had the Tommy John in 2020 um, pitched minimally in 2021. I don't even. Yeah, he wasn't even um, on the on the um, roster for uh, for the Astros World Series team. Um, and then he got a full year last year where he was just amazing. It's the best you know coming out of Tommy John surgery season ever. Um, Degrom has just been in and out of the injured list. You know, he pitched one game to start the season for the Mets. Everybody thought he was going to be the big pair, him and Scherzer to push them into the postseason and then he didn't pitch again until like July, late July, early August. So that's always the worry with DeGrom. But DeGrom's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, when he's healthy, it's it's lights out um, pitching. And another right-hander. I say get them both. Why not? Be greedy. That's, that's what was my next question. Yeah, I say get them both. Be greedy. Tell one guy we'll give you two years and then, hey, we're also bringing in Verlander for a year or vice versa. I mean, it's just... I don't I don't understand these people who want to nitpick about the money stuff because the Dodgers can certainly afford it, even if they go over the uh, the luxury tax. I'm when like, did the Major League Baseball put in the luxury tax thing? Um, th- isn't think, that a fairly recent thing? Because yeah, I always I think, thought baseball didn't have any sort of salary cap type stuff. It, they don't. It's not what you would consider a hard cap. Yeah, it's, it's not a hard cap. Right, yeah. It's more of a soft cap because there's penalties if you go over it. I want to say it's a, it's it's um, still kind of in an, uh, it's not quite a teenager, but not in its infancy anymore. Maybe seven eight years now. Um, but the tax to me, you know, the concern is always the repeater tax with the, with the draft picks. Cause you do lose draft picks, but, but they calculated the, um, somebody posted and they calculated what it would be, um, in terms of how much they'd actually have to pay. And right now the threshold is anywhere between 10 and 25 million. And I'm saying they have the money, just do it. It's, so what consider it a, you know, an invisible free agent for you. I mean, if you're paying $10 million Serious. because you're signing to Grom and Berlin or just do it. And, you know, and it goes, goes without saying they, sh- they still have some lineup issues that they got to figure out because it, it's, they're certainly not re-signing Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who knows about JT? So very sad. Yeah. But Bellinger, we already know that that ship's probably sailed too. So they're going to need, they're going to need some stuff, but you can never, in my opinion, there's never s- such a thing as too much good pitching. And yeah, we're, and we're and we're talking about a staff that's getting younger and younger in terms of experience, and I rather have Verlander and Degrom there, even if it's just for two seasons. Just do it. Who cares? You why? Why not? Why not? You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you don't know how prospects are going to uh, uh, pan out. And even if it's it blows up in your face, at least at least you tried. 
and uh, and that's that's all you can ask for your team. So what about the position players then? Um, well, the big one is the shortstop situation, right? If they're not going to sign Trey Turner, it's a big year for shortstops. There's Carlos Correa, again, associated with the Astros, so the Twitterverse is saying no, 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 no. Um, there's um, Xander Bogarts from the Boston Red Sox, um, who was the best shortstop in the American League next year. If it wasn't Correa, it was probably him. Um, and there's D- Dansby Swanson from the Braves. Um, if we signed Dansby Swanson, my friend John Foster would kill me. <laughs> He's born and raised Georgia. The Braves are the only thing he cares about in life other than his children and his wife. Well, yeah, seeing Freeman and Swanson. And Tesla. Seeing Freeman and Swanson go from winning World Series with the Braves and then going to the Dodgers, yes, I would be quite upset about that, too, if I was a Braves fan. Um, well, that being said, why mean, not, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm a Dodger fan, so yeah, the more the merrier. I'd love to have somebody like Correa on the team. I know a lot of people hate that notion because of his association with the 2017 team and the fact that he was one of the vocal people afterwards who was basically not not denied, denied but kind of saying, so what about the cheating? Why wouldn't you just re-sign Trey Turner, by the way? Uh, because you're going to go spend money on another guy that well, plays the same position. Because uh, one, um, me as a fan, I'm looking at those postseason numbers and I'm wondering: Is this guy ever going to be enough in, in terms of October? Shut up, Jamal. In terms of October, and two, um, I think it's just length and money. I mean, so, yeah, it, so you get somebody cheaper that's r- not going to be as much, if any, of a drop off. Right. That's it, true. Yeah, Correa. Financially prudent. Right. Correa, uh, Carlos Correa is a veteran, and he's been around longer. It doesn't look like he's looking for a huge payday, whereas Trey Turner is asking for uh, Corey Seager money based on the fact that he has been one of the best-hitting shortstops since 2017, I believe. Um, I think he ranks first in batting average home runs, that kind of situation. But And the best slides. Right. <laughs> and, but they're... And, you know, might not even be up to them. I mean, it's likely the Dodgers have offered him something yeah, yeah, yeah. during the season. but the, the He might be done in L.A. Yeah, he might be wanting to go back to the East Coast. That's where he's from. Um, that's been sort of the rumor ever since he uh, he came over. If he does that, I won't be as pissed. If he goes to, like, you know. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to be a Philly because it's closer to. He goes to the Giants or the Mariners or some right. shit like that. I'm yeah, pissed. yeah. Um, so, yeah, if he wants to go to Philly or if he wants to go to. On New York, well, I guess the Yankees, he wouldn't go to the Mets. They have their shortstop. Um, then more power to him if he wants just wants to be closer to family. Um, but my thing is, if if you can get somebody like Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, I don't think Bogarts is um, is gettable. It sounds like he wants to go back and be a Red, a Red Sox. Those other guys um, are probably, well, for sure, Correa. He had a, a chance to stay with the Twins. He didn't want it. Um, so he's testing free agency again. Swanson, it seems like, has disassociated himself with the Braves. Um, oh, not happy with not being signed during the season. Would you be happy with him? I would be. Yeah, he's just a, he's a productive player, and he's probably a better fielding shortstop um, than Turner. I mean, that's my thing. Both Correa and Swanson, if you look at their um, defensive numbers, and Correa having already won some Gold Gloves and a Platinum Glove, which meant that he got the. Um, he was the be- considered the best fielder in the in the entire league, not just at his position. Um, yeah, I definitely would want uh, those guys because of what it also means from a defensive point. Whereas uh, Turner um, could be brilliant at times and mostly average the rest of the time. And we all saw those errors in the, yeah. in the NLDS. So, um, and the Dodgers are going to be in it with all those guys. They're a big money team. Um, agents are going to leak stuff that may or may not be true. 
based on the fact that they're just around. So, yeah, I'd take any of those. And then the alternative is also if they don't sign Turner, is putting Gavin Lux at shortstop is the other rumor. And it's like he's not even fielding second base uh, to a degree that you would want um, him on your team in the infield. So putting him at shortstop might be a bigger liability. Um, but it gives the Dodgers some flexibility. There's always uh, Chris Taylor who can feel both in the infield and the outfield. Uh, you can put Muncie at second, Lux at, at shortstop, and maybe get somebody else at third base um, if you don't resign JT. And I don't actually think JT should be their starting third baseman. I think if you resign him, it's more of a role, super utility DH guy. Um, so they have a lot of options. It's just It'll just be interesting to see what will happen. And my prediction is once the meetings start, because there's always a general manager meetings where these deals take place and free agency gets really hot, that's that's when we'll know for sure. I think right now we're not going to get anything concrete. You know, they're making these small incremental signings, like they signed Shelby Miller today, a reliever from the Giants, a former starter, um, came up with the Cardinals. Um, looks like it doesn't look like it's one of those projects like some of the other relievers. Is he's a little bit more finished um, based on his year last year with the Giants. So um, you'll see those moves early, and then it'll really get heated up once the meetings start, the GM meetings. Gotcha. Okay. Well. So, regardless, we're going to have a number of new Dodgers. Oh yeah, and some departing Dodgers. This team we'll is not going to look the same as it has the last five years. All right. Well, do you think it's still going to be a team that's going to be right there? Yes. Best record in baseball type of. Team? Yes. You only have to win eighty eight games. You don't. I mean, I I think the Dodgers are so far ahead of the other teams in their division, even the Padres, um, that you only have to win eighty eight games. When did Kershaw agree to his one year? Um, he ha- nothing's official, but it was two weeks ago where the the rumor was that he had already agreed. Oh, golly, I'm looking at ESPN and they like have it as a listed deal. I'm like, I don't remember it being actually done. It hasn't been signed officially where the the team announces it. It's just a rumor that said it's a done deal. Tyler There's, Anderson going to the Angels. That's, yeah, uh, is yeah, that, that official yet? Or yes, just, that is official. That oh, was announced by the teams. Yes. That's weird. Okay. Well, yeah. anyways, all right. Well, um, the Rams are terrible. Yes, but the they're target- not going to get better. <laughs> no. Nope. There is no hope for the Rams this year. Nope. And no hope for the Rams. Uh, I mean, they might regroup. I mean, just everybody gets healthy and it's a different team. I mean, listen, uh, Allen Robinson had season-ending surgery. Yes. Um, our, our man Aaron Donald, um, to me the co-MVP of the Super Bowl, he's got a high ankle sprain. Uh, um, Matt Sta- uh, Stafford is dealing with um, with concussions. Yeah, just flush the season down uh, down the toilet. Just come five loss in a row now. Yeah, come back next year, um, fresh with everybody healthy. Um, you know, find some diamonds in the rough after the first round because they don't have any other picks. <laughs> Will they sacrifice their uh, penultimate game to their uh, stadium mates, the Chargers, if the Chargers are trying to make a push to get I, into the playoffs? I don't think it, it, I think it's out of their hands. I mean, it might be Bryce Perkins or John Wolford at quarterback, and you and I. Um, getting into the wide receiver court because I don't know who else they're going to throw to. Van Jefferson and uh, Jefferson Airplane, I think. That's about mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about all they've got out there. So, you know, if, if Aaron Donald is dealing with a high ankle sprain, I doubt he'll be playing in that last penultimate game, that kind of situation. Um, they've had, if it's been 11 weeks of football, they've had 11 different offensive uh, linemen uh, assignments. So, yeah, I think chalk that one up to a Chargers win. <laughs> just build on that one chargers build up to that rams game because you're going to win that game and the sad thing is is that they happen to be in well the division 
the the division it's not like it's it's not gangbusters the the what was it the Seahawks were in first place three weeks ago and now they've they've gone on I mean they lost to the Raiders yeah and their defense continues to not be good um, and so that division lead has slipped away the 49ers everybody thought they were going to be a juggernaut when they got McCaffrey and that hasn't proven to be true um, yeah and he might be hurt now yeah and, and there's questions you know there's always questions about the quarterback. Uh, Garoppolo because of uh, just his play overall um, when it comes to the postseason. Um, you know, Dable Samuel's in and out of getting hurt, that kind of situation. Yeah, the the division right now, the two big divi- – the the one division right now in the NFC is the East. I mean, there's yeah. – no, Everybody's under 500, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> that's the sad part. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's the sad part about the – Oh, no, that's the East. No, the East is – no, no, everybody's yeah. above. I'm saying everybody's like, above. Everybody, I'm not the South. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's below. Under, yeah. yeah, everyone's under. Uh, Minnesota has their division sewn up. They're not being challenged by the Packers, the Lions, or the Bears. Um, oh, my. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, um, yeah, that's the sad part. The Rams could have had a decent season had they been healthy because just their division has not proven to be as good as everyone thought they were. And for the Chargers, I mean, we were – um, you know, for them to lose a heartbreaking fashion to the Chiefs on Sunday night and then come back and win their game this week, that's a good sign. I mean, they still have some fight, and their division isn't everything that's cracked up with me. The Broncos are fighting each other. The Raiders are coming along right now, but, you know, they're always one dumb play away from blowing another game. And, and the Chiefs have proven to be um, just as good without Tyree Kill. Um, Promise, schedule-wise, you know, they have the Raiders and Broncos which, on the road, but they're winnable games. But those are very winnable games. Very the problem is games. they have they host the Dolphins, Titans. Uh, those are the scary. The games. Dolphins, Titans. I, I guess it's not that bad because yeah. the Raiders and the Broncos on the road are winnable. The Rams, as we said, uh, that's very winnable. At Colts is winnable. Very winnable. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I don't know. It feels like they're gonna. They really need to win. I think they need to win. One of the, the Dolphins or the Titans game as well. And it might be the Titans game, although I doubt it. It depends on their health. But it might be the Titans game. I think the Dolphins are just too good. Uh, but, but if they you know, if they win, you know, they, they, how many wins do you think they're going to need? They're at 6-5 now to get into the postseason. Right they, now they're not in the postseason. They need to win 10 games. They, they can get, get to 10. 10. They can be 10-7 and seven and get in, just like the Raiders were last year. They'll be the last seat, but that's realistically what they need to do. So we're talking going what four and two over the next uh, yeah four and two over their next six games. If they go five and one, I just look. I look at the the teams ahead of them in the standings, and I'm like, okay, the Chiefs aren't going nowhere. The Dolphins aren't going nowhere. Titans, they kind of have their, but they're always up and down. They're they're up and down, but, but they might win their division. And, they could win their division, and, um, and then the the Ravens as well are, are they're all over the place. Ravens and Bengals are gonna you know, vie for the for their division. Right. And then the other one's gonna be the wild card. Or get left out. I mean it happened last year. The Ravens got left out because the Raiders were able to come back and meet the Chargers. Yeah. 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 I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know. Because you figure Bills in Miami, that's a tight contested race. Right. Baltimore, Cincinnati, that's a tight contested race. I don't think the Chargers are gonna catch the Chiefs. There's no chance to check on the Chiefs. No. So they have to sidle in there as the wild card. Yeah, they could get that last wild card spot. They, uh, what they didn't do last year, they could do it. But they de- they definitely have to win ten. They for sure have to win ten games. You can't be uh, nine and eight. They and their win. competition basically is the page, the Pats, and the Jets. And they got to knock the and the, they, I the think last that, NFC East yeah. team or whatever. And I think they can do that. 
I don't know that the Jets, the Jets have been up and down lately. I mean, they, they had to bench their starter, their starting quarterback, and it became a controversy. They won out this last game, but you don't know how that's going to end up the last few weeks. And the, the Patriots have not been the Patriots of old. I mean, they have their own no, they haven't. QB controversy, and they could easily. Um, they, they still, I'm sure they still have to play the Bills and the Dolphins. Optimistic Jamal. Well, with the charge, I mean, show me your lightning bolts. Yeah, I mean, if I were a Chargers fan, as long as they're not charging it, as long as they're not charging it, they get some health back, as they have. I mean, I mean, part of them winning these last couple games is because they've been able to rely on Keenan Allen again. Justin Herbert is is being playing Justin Herbert good, um, you know, and their defense has been bend but don't break. So the only thing, the only thing you can't say from two is the only they only have one real inexplicable loss on their schedule: the Chiefs. No, 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 no. They should have won the last. Of course they should have won against the Chiefs. They should have. But if you tell me they lost the Chiefs in a tight game or a blowout, it's not unsurprising. Right. The only, like, oh, my God, what happened game was... The Jags? The Jags at home, 38-10. to Yeah. It's like, how did that happen? Yeah. But other than that, the Seahawks have been good enough this year, although they get blown out. Yeah. You know, they've they've had some really stinky losses at home, but... You know, uh, that's you know. chucked up to injuries. I mean, one of those, yeah, I guess, one of those games, it was like they didn't have anybody, Herbert and and the eleven dwarves. I think that really is what's what's getting the perception though, because they've had two just absolute got their ass kicked at home injuries or whatever. Yes, but you can't have that and then you know try to build up, I guess, equity with uh, fans in the press or whatever. When that's you know when you have those two shellackings on there, but whatever. Yeah. You're right there. I guess they're right in it. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to see. Don't lose hope. Until you've lost all. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jamal, do you have anything else? No, we've actually done a pretty good job tonight of covering a lot of this stuff. I think so. Yeah. Uh, pretty good job to the tune of like almost 35 minutes. Oh, sweet. Wow, look at that. All right, well, let's uh, refresh our glasses and yes. then get on to uh, the, the What's Brewing Symposium, uh, which I know we're very excited to talk about that. I know you are. Uh, I am, I, because, you know, we have this to play. Oh, oh wait. It didn't work. It didn't work. Beat the golden bears. Oh, Joe Bruins, beat the golden bears. Beat them as hard as you can. Beat them with impunity. I'm so upset. I forgot to play that even one time on my post game show. I don't know what happened to me. But... Well, for all our listeners, there was no impunity, and you know it. So, oh, yeah. plenty of impunity uh, no. at the end there. Plenty of horseshoe up your ass. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, here we go, uh, Jamal. Until next time, what do we say? We're the West Coast. We're the best coast. We're West Coast bias. West Coast bias, dude. Rob, we place a ball on the West Coast. 